the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Now, mammon is a word that just means wealth or riches. Jesus says you cannot serve God and mammon at the same time. It can't be done. Now, many people try to. Many people think that they can serve God and live for riches and possessions. But Jesus is clear here. You either serve God or you serve mammon, but you cannot serve both. You already know you can't serve God and money, but do you surrender your daily latte to God's direction? Do you use your fancy car to bring food to the elderly or to take you to the football game? What makes you more angry? When someone injures a child or when someone scratches the paint on your car? All of these things show a lot about who you truly serve. Jesus has a lot to say about where your treasure is. And in today's message, Pastor Dan is going to share it with you. Now here is Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 6 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Riches are uncertain. They're, un, they're unreliable. We can't, we can't always count on them. Now, turn with me over to Matthew chapter 19. And here in Matthew chapter 19, we have the story of this rich young ruler who comes to Jesus, and has a conversation with Jesus. And the thing about this rich young ruler, he, he has a desire. There's a part of him that wants to follow God. There's a part of him that wants to follow Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 19, beginning in verse 16. Now behold, one came and said to Jesus, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So here's a guy, he's concerned about eternal life. He wants to have eternal life. He's seeking eternal life. He asks Jesus, what do I do that I may have eternal life? And so Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good, but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, well, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, these are from the Ten Commandments. These are all the commandments that deal with our relationship with our fellow man. Jesus doesn't mention the commandments that deal with our relationship with God here. And the young man, verse 20, said to Jesus, well, all these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? This is a guy who knows he doesn't have eternal life, that he's lacking eternal life. And so what do I still lack? Now watch what Jesus says in verse 21. Jesus said, well, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven 
and then come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, why why did Jesus tell him to sell all his possessions, give it to the poor, and then come follow him? Because Jesus knew the man's heart. In fact, one of the other gospels says Jesus loving him said this to him. And Jesus knew that this man's possessions were an idol in his life, that his possessions, his wealth were really his God, that God was not in first place in his life. God wasn't preeminent. And what Jesus does here is he calls this man to put God first in his life by getting rid of the thing that is his God, which was his possessions. And the rich young ruler wasn't willing to forsake his possessions and put God first. And it's interesting that it says in verse 22 that he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. I would say he didn't have great possessions. His great possessions had him and ruled over him. Now turn with me back to Matthew chapter 6 and we'll continue here. Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 22. It's, Jesus says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body was, will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, Jesus uses a Hebrew idiom here. Uh, to have a good eye meant to be generous. To have a bad eye was to be selfish or greedy. We find this idiom used in the Proverbs in the Old Testament. If you're taking notes, you can jot down Proverbs chapter 22, verse 9. Proverbs 22, 9. It says, he who has a generous eye will be blessed, or a good eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. person with a good eye is generous. Proverbs 28, 22. Proverbs 28, 22 says, a man with an evil eye hastens after riches. So a person with an evil eye or a bad eye, they hasten after riches, they're greedy, they're selfish. So look again at verse 22, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If you have a good eye, that means... Uh, You have a godly attitude toward your wealth and your possessions. You have a desire to lay up treasure in heaven. And so you'll be generous. If you have a bad eye, you you don't have a godly attitude toward your wealth and possessions. Uh, You're only concerned with laying up treasure here on earth for yourself. And you'll be greedy and you'll be stingy with your possessions. And here's what he's getting at here in verses 22 and 23. And don't miss it. My attitude toward my money is a barometer of my spiritual condition. My attitude toward my money is a barometer of my spiritual condition. It will show whether I'm full of light or full of darkness. You can tell a lot about a person where they are spiritually by how they handle their money. And whether they're generous or stingy with their money. Whether they have a desire to store up treasures for themselves here on earth or a desire to store up treasure 
in heaven. Now, he, he gets down to it here in verse 24. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, mammon is a word that just means wealth or riches. Jesus says you cannot serve God and mammon at the same time. It can't be done. Now, many people try to. Many people think that they can serve God and live for riches and possessions. But Jesus is clear here. You either serve God or you serve mammon, but you cannot serve both. A slave cannot serve two masters. It's impossible. You have to choose to serve one or the other, God or mammon, God or money, God or your possessions, God or your wealth. Now, now beginning in verse 25, he's going to talk about worry. Now, and, and do you see the connection here that he makes? Here he's talking about our attitude towards our money, our attitude towards wealth and possessions. And he says, you can't serve God and money at the same time. And then he goes right to worry. It's almost as if he knows us and how we think. <laughs> Look what he says here in verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now, this was written 2,000 years ago. And back then, 2,000 years ago, people worried about their basic needs being met. Just like people do today. People back then, just like people today, worried about paying the bills and buying groceries and paying the mortgage and making ends meet. Man hasn't changed at all. People in every age worry about the same basic needs. Food, drink, clothing, housing. It's universal. Now, why is that? Where, 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 where does this worry about your daily needs come from? This, this fear of not having enough. Well, I'll tell you where it comes from. It's actually a result of the curse of sin from Adam. If you're taking notes, Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, the Lord said to Adam, as a result of the curse, because of Adam's sin, the Lord said to Adam, by the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat. Now, the sweat of your brow, that phrase, the sweat of your brow, by the By the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat. That is not speaking of hard work. Like you're going to have to work really hard to get food. The phrase means it's speaking of anxiety or worry or fear. Understand this. The the curse of sin includes a constant fear in man now that there's not going to be enough. That my labors are not going to meet my needs. As part of the curse, we worry now about paying the bills and having enough money to buy groceries and paying the mortgage, paying the rent, paying for the kids' college, paying the medical bills. Am I going to have enough for retirement? Am I going to have enough for that? And what if I get laid off from my job? Or what if I get sick? And, I, and all of that worry, all of that fear, all of that anxiety about our needs being met. 
All of that is the result of sin. The sin of Adam. But here Jesus says to his disciples, he says to believers, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about those things. And the Greek here is stop worrying about your life. Don't worry about these things any longer. You worry about these things because of the curse. Just like everybody, it's universal because of the curse, because of the fall of Adam. But you don't worry about them anymore. Why shouldn't we worry about them anymore? Because through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross and his resurrection, the Bible says we have been reconciled to God. And now that we are reconciled to God, the Bible says God will supply all our needs according to his riches. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. All our needs... Maybe not our wants, but all of our needs will definitely be supplied by God. So look at verse 26. He says, look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Again, he's he's out there on this hillside. Maybe a flock of birds flies by as he says this, and he, he points to the birds of the air, and he says, hey, hey, consider the birds of the air. Look at the birds of the air. You don't see birds sowing or reaping. You don't see birds gathering into barns. You've never seen a bird stressed out about their future, have you? You've never seen a bird fretting. And they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns, they don't have savings accounts. And birds don't do anything at all to prepare for the future. They don't worry where the next meal will come from or will there be enough food next week or next month or birds don't stockpile food in their garage and ammunition just in case somebody tries to come and take their worms from them or something. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. And then he says, and you're of more value than the birds. Sorry, bird lovers. You are of more value. No bird was created in the image of God. Jesus didn't die on the cross for birds. Birds are not blood-bought children of God. Birds are not the heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Birds do not have an inheritance reserved for them in heaven. And, and if God provides for the birds so faithfully, will he not also provide for us? You know, Romans chapter 8, verse 32, listen to what it says. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, 
how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? How do I know he's going to provide for all of my needs? Because he didn't spare his son to save me. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for us. To save us from judgment and hell. And so I know that he's also going to provide my lesser needs. Like food and clothing. And a place to live. He goes on in verse 27 to say, Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature or add a single hour to your life? That's the idea. You're not going to extend your life by worrying. Not one bit. So why do you worry about clothing? And then he says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Again, he's on this hillside. Maybe he points to some lilies or some flowers there. As he says this, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, verse 29, I say to you that even Solomon and all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God, look what he says, so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? God clothes the grass with with flowers, with such beauty. And he says here, you know, the grass has a short lifespan. Before it's harvested and burned in the fire for fuel. And his point is, if God so clothes the grass... Will he not also clothe us? Now, if you're a Christian, just think about this. Think about the logic here that Jesus is laying out. If you're a Christian, you believe that God came down from heaven to this earth, born as a baby in Bethlehem, that he lived as a man, but he offered himself as the sacrifice for your sin. You believe that through his death and resurrection, All your sins are forgiven and you have everlasting life. And you believe that one day Jesus will receive you into heaven where he has prepared a place just for you and you will be with him for all eternity. You believe Jesus did all that for you. And yet you don't trust him to supply your daily needs. You trust him for salvation, forgiveness of sins, eternal life, the gospel. But when it comes to food or clothing or place to live or paying the bills, I don't know. I don't know if he can do that. (laughs) Therefore, do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Look what he says in verse 32. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. He says that the Gentiles seek after these things, meaning people who don't know God at all. People who don't know God at all, they worry about all these things because of the curse of Adam, because of the fall, because of sin. Now this is just ingrained in man's heart to to, to worry about their needs being met and having 
uh, enough, enough. But he's saying here, but you do know God. You have experienced his love and his grace and his salvation and his goodness in your life. So you should not worry about your daily needs. He says, our heavenly father knows our needs. And he will provide for us. So, so then what do you do? Here's what you do. Verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And look at the promise. And all these things shall be added to you. This is the key verse right here. Instead of worrying about our daily needs and, and seeking food and clothing and a place to live. And how am I going to pay my bills? Instead of seeking after the things that the heathen that don't know God, that they, they worry about and they're anxious about and fearful about. Instead of that, you instead, Christian, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And God promises that he'll add all these other things to you. Don't seek these things as the heathen do. Don't focus on those things. Instead, you seek the one who promises to provide those things for you. He's talking about priority here. You make Jesus preeminent in your life. You seek him first. You give him first place. You make him the number one priority in your life and seeking him and his kingdom and his righteousness And his promise to you is if he is preeminent in your life, he will add all these other things to you. And so you don't have to worry about those things. He'll take care of them. Now, again, for me personally, when I was a non-believer, I was, I would come home from work in the evenings and I'd sit on the couch and I read the Bible and I started with the gospel of Matthew. And I remember getting to verse 33 and thinking that's either true or that's not true. And I even walked in, Cameron was in the kitchen. I walked into the other room and I said, Hey, listen to this. And I read it to her and I said, Hey, this is either true or not true. Like if you seek first the kingdom of God, Jesus will provide for all your needs or it's not true. It's all a bunch of bunk. And this, this verse was the turning point for us, for my wife and I, where we decided in that moment, well, let's, let's seek first the kingdom of God and see what happens. Here we are all these years later. <laughs> Therefore, verse 34, don't worry about tomorrow or next week. Or next month, or next year, for tomorrow, we'll worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for providing for all of our needs, Lord. Lord, here we sit, the last Sunday of the year. And you've been faithful to us. You've gotten us through the year. And you've gotten us through, really in many ways, a difficult year. But we're here, we're sitting here in church. You've been faithful. We're all clothed, we're all fed, we all have a place to live. You've met our needs, just as you promised. And we thank you for that, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, verse by verse and chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. There's so much to gain from spending time with God in His Word. You'd be amazed at what can be revealed to you in a personal way. Did you hear something today that struck a chord with you and you'd like to hear it again? No problem. All of the messages you hear on Ring of Truth can be found on our website. Go to calvaryec.com and search for these teachings under the Media tab. While you're there, you'll likely find and explore other series or teachings that sound interesting. Are you growing through this study in Matthew? We sure hope so. Another resource you might find useful is our podcast. You can subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast as another way to stay connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. If you're interested in learning more about the church that supports this radio ministry, our website has all the information you need about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, that's calvaryec.com. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.